here would here right. would be my they plan. Can... They all acquire Marco, and then they all show up <laughs> as Marco. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of that. Yes, that's a really good plan. It's a really good plan. And anyway, that's and not Tobias what they do. is a hawk still, obviously. And Tobias is just a hawk, and no one cares. <laughs> it's five Marcos and a hawk, but they get a little tidy uh, hawk-sized mask of Marcus's face. <laughs> so that he doesn't feel left out. He doesn't. Welcome to another episode of Anamorphous Discussion, a podcast. I'm your host, Robin, <laughs> and joining me are my co-host, Jessica. Hey. And Katie Treggs. Hello. It was, I feel like this was a good opening. I don't know why you two both laughed at it. I thought it was Just, good. <laughs> no reason. Just a podcast. <laughs> I mean, it is a podcast. No I don't know how you could take issue with that. that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um... Today, we I'm just going to jump right into it. Today, we're talking about Animorphs number 10, which is called The Android. There's an android? Well, you don't know that for sure. Before, <laughs> That's fair. In the book called The Predator, the only predator was a lobster, so yeah. I mean, this could was, mean anything. The there android was a is predator a in the book. The Say predator again? was the lobster. I thought Katie said something. I'm sorry. I said the android was a snail, but it wasn't my best mm. joke. I liked it. <laughs> um, before we can do that, I would like one of you to tell me what happened in the last book that we read. And this time, I don't care which one of you does it, either. You can rock, paper, scissors if you want. Oof. I already knows well, ghost. Oh, oh damn she it. She did nose ghost. What was, <laughs> what's the, what was the, t- the title? The last I boy? don't tell people the title. Okay, so I'll just make it up. The title was... The Great Adventure. <laughs> it's only ever a noun. It's true. Uh, Jessica's The Adventure. <laughs> there you go. It's um, called The Secret. Our, our animorphs uh, start off and they're, they're at school and um, I don't... Can, who was the narrator? Can I get some hints? It was Rachel or Cassie, I mean, because it was one that I like. Oh, yeah, that's about together. Right? Work together to solve this one. It was the one with the skunks. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. It was cute skunks. Okay, cool. So yeah. it was called the skunks, and in it, um, Cassie's dad has to respond to a call about a skunk that was injured. Oh, and the the Yerks are uh, building like a a thing to like tear down the forest because they know that that's where the uh, animorphs are hiding or something. Um, and then we get into what everybody's been waiting for, the world of local politics. <laughs> they have to figure out, yep. <laughs> they have to figure out uh, how the Yerks got a permit to do this deforestation. Uh, they don't go to City Hall or look on public record. They decide they need to break into Yerk headquarters and do some hacking um, and they turn into termites, right? And then they kill the termite queen, and that was really sad. Um, and then they save the baby skunks. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah. Nailed it. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You're uh, always wanting these to be shorter, Robin. I don't know why you look sad. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jessica, did you want to add anything before I go and fill in some blanks? I mean, the main thing that I remember for sure is that there were skunks and that Tobias ate one of the babies. Mm-hmm. And oh, then yeah. They, like, that was mean. Went, yeah. And then they, that like, went nature. through the shield in, like, the weirdest way possible. Yeah. They crawled under a pine needle that was crossing the shield. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then also, uh, Cassie threatened to kill a human to get Vizzer to let her out and then skunked him. Yes. I was so hoping you would say that. Yeah. And that was the whole thing is she, like, skunked their whole deal, skunked them all out. She skunked them so bad that they let let her go so that Vizzer 3 could learn the secret of erasing skunk smell from X. And then he just, like, bathed in grape juice for a long time. Yeah, because yeah. they told him the wrong kind of juice. It's mm-hmm. tomato juice, kids. Don't listen to the animorphs. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was anything else important. The lumber company was called Dapson Lumber, which is a yerk curse word. Hmm. So it was like a funny inside joke for the yerks. Um, they didn't have permission, so they were going to infest like the last guy on this committee to make him vote yes, but since... A bunch of shit happened. He like got knocked out, and then when he woke up, he voted no and said he was going to press charges against Daps and Lumber. So the forest is safe. They wanted to cut trees in the forest because they figured the Andalite bandits were living there because they still think that they're all Andalites, and they have to be hiding somewhere and eating grass. And that is where Axe lives, and Tobias. And lots of creatures, mm. which Cassie wanted to save. Anyway, Including so that skunks. was the last book. Yeah, and Skunks. That was the last book. So this book is book 10, The Android. Uh, let me get your best short idea of what this book is about. Katie, go. Okay. First, I just want to say happy 10th episode. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Con- congratulations to all of us. Um, yeah. The Android. Yeah. I think uh, this is when Axe is realizing they're starting to get really lonely so he builds um, a robot Andalite friend, and horrifyingly, it has biological components, thus android, not robot. <laughs> um, and then we, we spend the rest of the book just following him and his new robot pal all around, having adventures. And what is his new, what is his new robot pal's name? Uh, Jer- Jerry. <laughs> Correct. Man. <laughs> Did you did you read the synopsis of this book before we recorded? You know I tell you not to do that. <laughs> I'm just a great guesser. <laughs> okay, Jessica, what do you think? Uh, first, I think that the the android's name is probably something like Ilamixa. What's mm-hmm. Axe's full name? Axe's full name backwards is what I think it is. Oh, let me see. Mm. Don't say it. You know it'll upset me. Do you want just his first part of his name backwards? Uh, You know I do. You know I hate his full name. In that case, you nailed it. Illamixa. Damn, I'm so good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You're secretly ashamed of yourself. Is this Jake? (laughs) Is this book Jake? Uh, No. It is Marco. Marco. Oh, is the android that they find... A, uh, oh no, I'm thinking of Tobias. I was gonna say they make a replacement kid to like take Tobias' spot because this family finally notices that he's gone. Uh, let's see. 
probably there's like something that happens on a York ship that's like Andalite technology or something, and Axe is like, we can use that to do, uh, and it's an android. Okay. Two very good guesses. And yeah. can I say, you're both 100% right. Nice. But we still have to do the episode, so I'm going to make But by a, right, you mean wrong? I'm going to make a third reason up in my mind right now and just tell it to you as though it's what was in the book. And only yeah. the readers will know the truth. I do kind of feel like I phoned this one in a little. <laughs> that was good. Uh, I just also, feel like I, I usually get close, and I feel like there's no way I'm close on this one. <laughs> also, I just sent you both a picture of the cover um, of this one. I bet I'm going to hate it. Oh, I do. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, it we're is. done with the weird covers. Yeah, we're, oh, we're into... adorable, though. Is that Marco? So cute. Yeah. Uh, He's adorable. I don't like he... his weird spider face. <laughs> you do or you don't? I do not. Oh, okay. It looks just that like that sense. spider from the... This This is the Song of My People meme. Fear has a new spider. name. Yerk. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, sounds I just love pretty that. Yerky. So dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, th- this is like starting with the last book, book nine, uh, is where we went back to the original covers. And also, these are not the books that have been updated to more modern technology and things. So we get a lot more 90s references, which makes me happy personally. Mm, yeah. And also a lot more 90s ways of solving problems, which you'll find out about soon. But like first... It. The book begins with the stupid thing, which is Marco <laughs> convincing Jake that they need to morph into dogs to sneak into a concert. Yes. Which, really, like, that seems pretty good. I, it's not very stupid. Um, I mean, he, Jake is like, I was already on Rachel and Cassie about using their morphing for personal reasons. I can't do this. I'd be a hypocrite. And Marco's like, Alanis! offspring come on we have to go yes <laughs> like alanis morissette yeah i think so yeah who else jessica <laughs> it's the 90s you're it so is. right <laughs> i think nine inch nails might have also been mentioned um perfect but jake is like if it's not for you know mission reasons then we can't do it and mark was like you know i've long suspected that alanis might be a controller and think of the the danger she could wield if she <laughs> converted impressionable young kids to the ways of the Yerks. But Jake is like, no, the only way that I could do this is if I knew that you were going to go to the concert anyway, and I'd have to be there to look after you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so they morph into dogs to go to the concert. And Marco loves being a dog because dogs are so happy all the time. Like, he's been a wolf, so he knows like how the senses work. But the dog is just like a big goofball, and he wasn't ready for that. So he's like playing. He nearly gets hit by a car running across the street, and his reaction to that was, "Oh, cool! I smell something!" And <laughs> wow. he ran off to get sniff at something. And uh, then he and he and Jake get con- well. Jake already had control of himself because he morphed a dog in ep- in book one. If you remember, mm-hmm. I his do dog remember. Homer. Homer. A lot of callbacks. Yeah. Uh, and Marco acquired an Irish setter off screen, which. Pretty dog. Beautiful how, hair. How, here's a serious question. How mm-hmm. is it possible that they each only have one dog? Because aren't you petting dogs all the time? Yeah, right? <laughs> I would have just so many you're, dogs. Just because you're petting a dog doesn't mean that you acquire it. Although I don't know why you wouldn't. 
Oh, I didn't. Like, I kind of. Oh, I guess that makes sense. It's not every time you touch an animal. Yeah, no, yeah, you have to. a specific to, thing. You touch them and then think about them, and then their DNA becomes part of you. And then Is later there a you, limit to how many animals they can have acquired? It's a great question, and one that I don't remember if it is answered later, but I don't believe so. If there is a limit, I hope it's a completely arbitrary number. Same. Like 53 or something? Yeah, I hope it's something like, really. It's, I hope it's like 163. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you're right in the future. <laughs> um, so anyway, they're at the concert having fun, and then um, they see a guy handing out flyers, and one of them falls down, and Marco kind of like cocks his head and looks at it, and he can read that the words at the top say the sharing. So it's a guy handing out sharing flyers, and they recognize him as Eric King, who used to go to their school, and they also recognize one other thing about him, which is that he has no smell. He himself generates no smell. He has smells that he's picked up from other people, like by shaking hands or handing them flyers or whatever, but he smells like a black hole of scent. He's an android. That makes sense. Jessica, don't spoil this for me. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to point out, uh, I don't think dogs could read. They have terrible acuity, animal facts. (laughs) Yeah. He did say that he couldn't make out the words on the flyer, but he saw the big ones at the top of it. And used his human brain to read it, but it I think it was just for plot purposes. So I like your animal fact. Um anyway, so they go back and they're talking to uh the rest of the crew about it and saying like something is weird about him and he was handing out flyers for the sharing, so he's obviously with the Yerks, so we should investigate him further. And they start figuring out ways to do it. Um Hang on. They're like, how do we find him? Infiltrate a meeting of the sharing. Tobias thinks he can do surveillance of his school. Rachel says we can go where the concert was and look for clues. Uh, Marco thinks Axe can maybe tap into the internet and try and get past all the security buffers and locate him. And Cassie raises her hand and she's like, why don't we just look him up in the phone book? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And they do. And they find him. (laughs) 90s. 90s. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So they look him up in the phone book, and there are, like, six kings in the part of town where the school that he transferred to is. So they just fly around and surveil and find his house, and it's easy peasy. Um, oh, before I go go further into this, um, Jake couldn't go do surveillance because he had an English paper to write. And Marco also had a paper to write, but he decided to do surveillance instead. So the next day at lunch, he's frantically writing his English paper in the cafeteria which is real, 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 um, <laughs> by hand, apparently. So, like, what teacher's going to accept that? Yeah, the 90s. 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 Um, and Jake is like, do you have a topic yet? And Marco's like, I have three pages written. What do you mean, do I have a topic yet? And Jake's like, so you don't have a topic yet. <laughs> and Marco's like, a topic will emerge the more I write. Oh, oh no. God. Eventually, he decides his topic is the use of rhetoric to obscure a lack of content. He gets a B on it. <laughs> Is um, that true? Did you just make that up? No, it's 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 true. I remember that from my childhood. Like, he actually says that that's his topic? That's what Jake suggests as his topic, and Marco's like, that's brilliant! It just means the exact same thing as 
the use of total bull to describe to, to cover up the fact that I didn't do any research. Oh my god! But it's so much be- more beautiful sounding. It's great. I do feel like no English teacher would accept that because they would see right through it. Yeah, they would. Um, and then Marco thinks about Eric because he remembers that Eric was at his mother's funeral. Do y'all remember about Marco's mom? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's Visitor One. She's Visitor One. And they she, thought she was dead in the ocean, and Marco's dad lost his job because he was so sad in his yep. whole thing. Yep. She drowned a couple years ago. Uh, Marco mentions that Eric was at the funeral, and he didn't think much of it at the time because uh, some other kids from school came too. But he remembers looking back uh, while the priest was talking about, you know, what a great person uh, his mother was. And Eric at the time had looked angry and was shaking his head slowly from side to side like he was disagreeing with everything the priest said. Hmm. So Marco at the time thought that he was just mad because he had to dress up. But he decides he's going to go help Tobias spy on him some more. And so he fly, after school he flies over to Eric's house where Tobias is. And they watch Eric as he's walking home from school. And then these three bullies also close in on Eric. And Tobias wants to get, and Eric sees them and starts running away. And Tobias wants to give one of them a little talon haircut. But before he can, Eric accidentally runs into the side of a bus. Which will happen. If you're, you know, looking back over your shoulder, running across the street, dangerous to do. But when he does run into uh, the bus, something happens. He, like, flickers. And suddenly he looks different for, like, a split second. And then he looks like himself again, lying on the ground. And the bullies all ran away, because they don't need to be a part of that. And he gets up and dusts himself off. And Marco and Tobias are even more confused, so they, they decide that they need to talk to Axe about it, because he knows all the aliens. Uh, and Jake, uh, Marco calls, calls Jake to give him the secret code word, the code phrase to say we need to meet up in the woods, which is, it's a nice day, we should hang out. So, because they don't want to... code word. <laughs> so yeah. good. They don't want to discuss things on the phone because anyone could be listening in. Uh, but when, when Love Marco that 90s calls... paranoia. Say what? Love that 90s paranoia. Yeah, that classic 90s paranoia. Because no one listens um, to our phone calls now. <laughs> no. no. I mean, now it's not paranoia. It is fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now it's weird when someone's not listening to your phone calls. Right? Right. I feel insulted when someone's not listening. Yeah. I feel more insulted after a really rough phone call when the person listening doesn't, like, call me back to check in. I'm like, hey, I overheard that really rough phone call. Do you need to talk? Like, I heard all of it. Like, thank you. (laughs) I know you're there. Why won't you just call me? Yeah. Anyway. It's the silence that hurts call you more, Jessica. Yeah. (laughs) So true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he calls Jake's house, and and Tom is the one who answers the phone because it was the 90s and no one had cell phones. And Tom's like, oh, yeah, how's your dad doing? I hear he's back at work. And Marco's like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, working again. And he tells the reader that his dad has been working on computer stuff for the observatory, but also he's working on some other big project that Marco thinks might have to do with the military. And Tom's like, yeah, we're having this, like, water skiing thing up at the lake this weekend. You should bring, you and your dad should come. Make it, like, a bonding activity. You know, it'd be great. And Marco gets very, very angry. He hides it, but... When Jake gets on the phone, he's like, those assholes want my dad! And, like, <laughs> goes through all this stuff, and Jake is like, uh-huh, yep, <laughs> waiting for him to calm down, because Tom is right there. 
Mm-hmm. And eventually he calms down enough to say, it's a nice day, we should hang out. So <laughs> they go to the woods to meet up with Axe and describe what they saw to him. And Axe is like, this doesn't sound like any uh, alien I've ever heard of. Because it's an android. And, oh, also Marco got a haircut and everyone throughout the entire book is making fun of his hair. Aww. That's <laughs> um, at one point, Axe says, Marco, something has happened to your hair. I believe it has become shorter. Are you suffering from some illness? <laughs> and then everyone laughs and Axe doesn't get it. But anyway, he says he doesn't understand what it is. And Rachel's like, why did it look like a human? And Axe's like, oh, that's possible. It could be a hologram. And then perhaps when it hit, when he hit the bus, it was briefly interrupted. But even so, like to maintain that kind of hologram for hour after hour, day after day, it'd be some kind of impressive technology. It's, it's not, it doesn't sound like Andalite technology. So they decide they need to look closer. Uh, the hologram's probably calibrated for human sight, not for other animals it, with different wavelengths. Katie knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I didn't even think about this being a great book for Katie. Because <laughs> they talk about animals seeing different wavelengths of light. Uh, so they decide that they're going to try to sneak up to that water skiing thing that the sharing is doing at the lake. And they're going to morph creatures that make sense for that. Uh, so they morph into spiders. Okay. Wolf spiders. Okay. Which have eight eyes. Some of them are compound eyes. Animal fact. But do they see other wavelengths of light? Uh, apparently so. Do they see Or they infrared? see it differently? I think, hang on, let me see if I actually highlighted that. Katie, what would be your suggestion for the best animal to morph into to see different wavelengths? Oh, good uh, Actually, I'm pretty sure most birds do already. I'm pretty sure at least, like, chickens and, like, other, like, prey birds are tetrachromats and have four cone types plus oil droplets. Ooh. So they have crazy color vision. Um, yeah. What about predator birds like Tobias and I think Marco they're and at the very least trichromats. They might have four cones. They have way better acuity than us, though. Oh, yeah. But I'm not With sure if that's... Also, like, hummingbirds can see an ultraviolet. Um, mm-hmm. Rats can see too. an ultraviolet. Uh, what? Yeah, so they can follow thought- pea trails. Wait, I thought <laughs> reindeer were the only mammals that could see an ultraviolet light. Uh, I mean, infrared? I know for sure rats can. Hmm. I don't know about reindeers. I'm learning so much from you. Animal, animal, animal facts. facts. Animal facts. And then also snakes and like other kinds of cold-blooded animals sometimes can see infrared. Or can sense infrared. Nice. Yeah. yeah, they've got those two heat pockets yeah. behind their teeth. Yeah, animal facts. Behind their teeth. Yeah. Animal fact. I learned that one from Animorphs, but didn't fit it into the episode where I learned it. <laughs> anyway, they, they go for wolf spiders. Uh, so first they fly up to the lake in their bird morphs and sort of hang back. They actually have kind of a good plan, which is Axe and Marco. Marco drew the short straw, so he's got to be the other one to morph a spider. Um, Axe and Marco are going to morph the spider... Jake is going to be a fly, and then Rachel, Cassie, and Tobias are going to be, like, backup in bird form in case they need, like, a quick exit or a distraction or something. So this is also where we find out, as I hinted last week, where your extra mass goes when you morph into something tiny. Oh, nice. Because they're flying to the lake, and and Marco's, like, scared of morphing the spider, mainly because he hates spiders, but also because 
like this whole mission is scary. Um, and X is like, I'm frightened too. I, I always worry about my extra mass when I'm morphing something tiny. And Marco's like, what? He's like, my ex- your extra mass, when you shrink down, it goes into Z space, which is zero space, which as you may remember from book five, when Axe wanted to make his communicator uh, or his distress beacon, he needed to get a Z-space transponder. Of course you remember this. Uh, Obviously. Because zero space is what makes faster than light space travel possible. It's like anti-space. Hammer space? Hammer space, exactly. So, I don't know what hammer space is. Is it what's in MC Hammer's pants? <laughs> no, it's like... I feel like there was a period of time, probably about in the 90s, where, like, every video game had at least one character that had, like, wielded a gigantic hammer, and they always pulled it out of, out of nowhere. Mm. So people called, like, where they stored that hammer space, because it was yes. like, you don't see it on their body, and then suddenly they just have a gigantic hammer. Where did it come from? Mm. And the sort of joke was that they stored it in hammer space. I like nice. that. Well, yeah, and then that's where your mask goes when you morph something small. Mm, it's who knew? Also, it's also... Uh, what spaceships travel through to go faster than light. They, zu- they jump through Z-space. And occasionally, it's possible that a spaceship may come into contact with a temporarily parked mass. And Mark was like, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that there could just be a spaceship flying through Z-space that just splatters into all of my Marco mass and splatters it all over the windshield. Dax is like, no, 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 that would never happen. The shields would disintegrate the mass before it ever came after the ship. But anyway, that's why I don't like morphing small things, because I always think about my extra mass. Wait, so where does the mass come from when they go big? That was exactly what I was wondering. And do you know when we find that one out? (laughs) Never. Never! Excellent. To the best of my knowledge, it is never mentioned. Although, maybe later on, when we get to the books that I don't remember as well, it'll be in there. Although I feel like I would have remembered that. Hmm. I remember so many things. It's true. You do. We've covered that. (laughs) I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't. Have we? (laughs) So they morph into spiders. And Marco has a brief moment where he chases after a beetle and gets ready to eat it. And he says, um, the weird thing is, like, I wasn't, it's, it's okay to, or, or sometimes the animal brain takes over for a while and just sort of overwhelms the human mind, but that's not what was happening. I was just really into the hunt, and he almost kills the beetle, and then Axe is like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, sorry, I guess uh, the spider's instincts just sort of got, got me, and Axe is like, I morphed the exact same spider, though, and they didn't get me, and Marco's like, let's do our mission! And he thinks that maybe the rage that he felt when Tom was trying to get his dad was like, that's sort of how he was letting it out. Mm. Anyway, they find Eric, and they see this weird, shimmery, it looks like a bare human foot, but behind it, they see this weird, shimmery, like, or the, the foot itself is weird and shimmery, like light, and behind it, they see what almost looks like a paw made out of metal, like a dog standing on its hind legs, going up, and meanwhile, Jake is flying around as a fly, and he's like, oh, I just spotted Eric, and they're like, yeah, we see him too, and he's like, wait, no, there's another one. There's two of them here. Um, and then Marco's like, oh, man, okay, we need to figure out what's going on. Because Axe is like, I believe your friend is an android, which is a, a robot made to look human, basically. And Marco's like, what is it then? Like, is it a Yurk thing? Or he's, he's like, it doesn't look like any technology I've ever seen before. 
it's some type of android, but I haven't seen anything like this. And Marco's like, okay, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, a big crow comes down and eats Marco. <gasps> so. Marco's dead. Marco is being. Oh. Yeah. I, I will give y'all a hint. Um, there's no Elemist this time to save Marco. So. He starts screaming. And thought speak, I've told, I've told you before, you can thought speak to just like a small group of people or you can like shout to everyone. Uh-oh. And Marco is screaming to everyone. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, and then he uh, tries to thought speak to Tobias. He's like, Tobias, a cr- some big black bird got me. And, Mark- and Tobias is like, there's like a dozen giant crows flying around here, man. I don't know where you are. And so Marco starts demorphing. Uh, as his brain is dying, and but he can't hold on to the image of human Marco because you have to focus on the thing that you're morphing into. Uh, and then as he's you know fading and his his memories are all swirling around his head, he focuses on the memory of his mother, and he sort of like remembers her face, and then he sort of sees himself as a toddler through her eyes, and then he starts demorphing, uh, and bursts out of the crow's throat and falls to the ground. And, and he's uh, a baby? continues demorphing and demorphing and demorphing. Uh, and finally, he's human again. And he looks up and standing over him is Eric King. And Eric's like, hi, Marco. And then uh, another woman comes, o- comes over and says, who's this? And Marco's, er, and Eric's like, oh, this is Marco. You know those Andalite bandits that Chapman has been, you know, that have been giving the York such trouble? And she's like, yeah, of course. And he's like, I think this human might be one of them. And she's like, oh, okay. And they hear other controllers in the distance, and, and Eric's like, there's nothing over here. Jenny just hurt her leg. I'm going to help her out. And Marco's like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Wait, so he's not and a baby? I thought he was going to be a baby. He did not morph into a baby version of himself. He morphed into his real self. Oh, uh, his, I really thought he was going to morph into a baby, too. That would have nah, been so it was just... cute and funny. <laughs> No, it would be kind of cool, I think, if you could morph into yourself at different ages, but I don't... There's only one thing that I questioned about that in a, very, in a, in a book that's very far in the future from now, so I'm not going to get into it until we get there, because maybe I, I'm misremembering it. So, like, did anything change about his appearance when he demorphed? No. He's just so, Marco. So then what was the point of all that information about him imagining his mom and himself as a baby? Because as he was dying, he was crying out for his mother. It was sad. Oh. So, like, what was the point of it? Because it was, like, Just a, emotions? It was a raw emotional moment. I don't know <laughs> okay, why you're being so... so just not for me, then. I get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe I won't include that in future episodes. <laughs> I just wanted... I wanted you to be in this moment with me of panic and terror and thinking about your mom mm. and morphing into a baby version of yourself that turns out to be your real self. No, Sorry. I was thinking that there was some purpose to it, but it was just emotion. Anyway, Eric is like, <laughs> do you know where I live? And Marco's like, yes. He's like, morph something small enough to get out of here and then come tomorrow to my house. And Marco's like, why? And Eric's like, because we're your allies. We also fight the Yerks. And Marco's like, Phew. So, he gets away. They all get away. Um, and they talk about, you know, whether to do it or not. But they're like, we have to do it. They know about us. They know about me. Yeah. Or, they know about them. We don't all have to One go. One of them, yeah. They, it could just be Marco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it could, it could just be Marco and Axe that go. Because Axe... Like, no one has really seen his human morph, right? He could just be, like, any rando human. Yeah. 
That's true. So like, Marco was like, "Why do I have to trust you?" And Eric's like, "I could, t- I could turn you in right now. Like, I'd be Wizard Three's new best friend if I if I gave him." Unless you he was trying to figure out the, the identity of, of the other Andalite bandits, right? Yeah. I mean, Unless he was like, "You can trust me. Come bring your friends to my yeah. house." And then the visitor yeah. was right there, like, "Yeah, obviously." And then bang but trap. all they have to do to get the names of Marco's friends is a torture him or b put a yerk in his head. They'd probably go with the Yerk one first. Because um, he says, like, Visitor 3 would get the names out of you. He wouldn't be able to, oh, okay. to undo it. So anyway, they, they debate it. And they decide Jake, Axe, Cassie, and Marco will go in. Rachel and Tobias will be the backup. So at least they're planning more backup stuff than they used to. Why wouldn't he just go in by himself with, like, some, like, bird friends or something? Yeah, I feel like... Even then, what makes the most sense is, like, Marco and Axe go, and then Tobias as a bird goes, because even if it is a trap, they already know that there is a hawk of some sort that Mm -hmm. has been giving them trouble, and then everyone else is back up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, again, like... It might be a trap. Here would would be my plan. They all acquire Marco, and then they all show up (laughs) as Marco. (laughs) I don't know why I didn't think of that. Yes. That's a really good plan. That's a really good plan. And, anyway, that's and not Tobias what they do. is a hawk still, obviously. And Tobias is just a hawk and no one cares. <laughs> it's five Marcos and a hawk. But they get a little tidy uh, hawk-sized mask of Marcus's face. <laughs> so that he doesn't feel left out. He doesn't. Anyway, no. That would be way better, but they don't do it. Also, five Marcos and a hawk, new band name. Mm, that's yes. pretty good. Pretty five good. Marcos and a hawk. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, before before they go, Marco has Marco's having dinner with his dad. I the hawk plays the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm done now. I just had the image about this. What do the Marcos the play? Holding the triangle and the little stick in its claws. <laughs> oh wait, or the triangle and the the thing in his beak, and he just like oh my god, his yeah. head. <laughs> the triangle's the just triangle. like hanging next to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, what are okay. the other five parts of this band, though? We've got drums. Are there two guitars and a lead singer? Yeah, there's, like, the guitar and the bass guitar. Okay, and then, what, keyboards? Yeah, keyboards make sense. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the a triangle. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like this to be, a, like, a more like a more interesting band. So, did you say a synth player? Yeah. Yeah, a synth player. Maybe mm-hmm. someone on cymbals. Just cymbals, not drums. Mm, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's Marco, like, morphed ha- partially into a bunch of different animals, too. So that seems <laughs> yeah. like that would be. And one hawk. Yeah. <laughs> good. So anyway, Marco's dad makes dinner. Uh, really good food. And Marco reflects on how nice it is to have his dad back. Uh, and he sort of casually asks his dad what he's been working on lately. And he says that he's doing a project he can't talk about for this company called Matcom. And Marcus laughs, you know, trying to stay casual. He's like, oh, building a better bomb. And then his dad's like, I've never done weapons research. And Marcus like, really? Why? And he says that right, that like for the last year, year and a half before his wife died, they had entered like this perfect time where they weren't fighting and... Like, they, maybe he changed, maybe she had, but, like, everything was going great, and it was like they were in this state of perfect harmony and perfect love, 
and but there were some times when it looked like something was troubling her that she couldn't talk to him about. And Marco realizes that's how long she was a controller before she faked her death. Shit. Because the, the Yerk didn't want to deal with these petty human squabbles because it had more important things to worry about. Um, and apparently one night, in the middle of the night, he woke up and his wife was sitting up in bed looking like incredibly stressed out and she looked at him and she said they won't take they won't uh she said hang on i have it saved i don't know why i'm trying to memorize it this is so they won't take you they won't take you if you stay away from the military he says it didn't make any sense but the way she said it like it was the hardest thing she'd ever said like it was the most important thing she'd ever said and marco realizes that was his real mom like using an opportunity when the yerk was at its like most distracted or at its weakest to like break through and tell her husband that so that he could stay human. So since then, anytime a defense project has come up, his, he's passed on it. Uh, but he doesn't know if Matcom does kind of defense stuff and he thinks that they might. And Mark is like, uh, he's going to ignore her warning. And this is why the yerks want him because he's working on this big project mm. and they want control of him. And I won't let that happen. Uh, the end. So then they go to the Yerks. That wasn't the end of the book. I'm sorry. I, sh- I-, I should only say the end when I'm done telling the book story. That was yeah, also very emotional, up. Jessica. Did you find it pointless? Um, I mean... <laughs> Seems like a yes. <laughs> it's not that I find all emotion pointless. It's just that, like, if it's not also serving a point, then, like... Do you know what I mean? Like, if there's not a purpose to your emotion, then, like, why are you feeling it? He was developing his character. At the end of that conversation, was the dad like, by the way, Marco, why are you a baby now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is when everyone stops mentioning Marco's haircut and just says, Marco, you look really good for some reason. I don't know what it is. You're just so cute and... With your little cheeks. Oh, when he remorphed himself, did he get rid of his haircut? No, his hair, he still has his haircut, and people oh, that would have been really good. People still make jokes so, like, about it. I it wasn't like point like it was. I guess it's good to see that like his mom like cares about his dad still, even though okay. she's yarked. I feel like that served a purpose. That like it might be the case that like in the end, Visor One loses to Marco's mom because Visor One like tries to attack the family, mm-hmm. and Marco's mom is like, "I'm still here, idiot." Yeah. It's a little sad you that the, it- the best his marriage ever was was when he was married to an alien. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah. Because they used to have little fights like all couples do, but eventually that, that just stopped and everything was great. I feel like that's what's more concerning to me, that, like, usually when fights like that stop, it's because one person doesn't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what it sounds like, is that she, like, didn't care about this suddenly. And he was like, this is great. I can have my way all the time because she no longer cares. And mm-hmm. that's the best his marriage has ever been. So anyway, and that's Marco why emotion is terrible. <laughs> Marco doesn't want them to get his dad. Uh, so they go to see Eric. And they knock on the door, and Eric's dad answers the door, and he's like, come in, do you, do you want a soda or anything? No? Okay, cool, come down to the basement with me. So they go down to the basement, Axe senses danger, so he demorphs to, to Andalite, because he was, you know, walking around the neighborhood as a human. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Mr. King looks at him and doesn't say anything, just like politely waits for him to finish demorphing, and then the basement starts descending like an elevator. About four or five floors. And then the wall vanishes, and there's this long hallway. And Marco's like, my basement doesn't do this. And Jake's like, have you ever tried? And then they walk down the hallway. (laughs) 
That's a fair question. Yeah. Not with that attitude. Marcus. <laughs> Not with any attitude. And then they walk down the hallway, and then the wall at the end of the hallway also vanishes. And they're in some kind of beautiful park. Uh, it's like the size of a football field, as everything in the Animorphs world is measured in football fields. Mm. And, like, a hundred feet up, there's this sort of glowing orb, like the sun, and there's trees and springy grass and tons of, of uh, androids just walking around without their human holograms up. And they look a lot like elongated dogs, basically. They're mm. made of metal and uh, have paws and uh, just walk upright. And also in there are hundreds of dogs, just, like... Hundreds of happy dogs playing and rolling around and laughing while barking, doing dog stuff. Is every dog on Earth an android? No. <laughs> Androids are, like, giant, like, human-sized. I mean, okay. they're a little smaller than humans, but, you know. They, that was, these like, are dogs. an amazing twist that, like, there are no actual dogs on Earth and they're all secretly androids. Yeah, I'd be into I that. mean, there were... Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool, but they did morph dogs at the beginning, so dogs have to exist in some form. Oh, I guess that's true. Lame. I'm sorry to, to crush your hopes. Uh, and then one of the androids comes towards them and turns his hologram on, and it's Eric, and he says, We are the Chi, uh, which is the, what they're called. So he's Eric the Chi. Remember this, because I'm going to ask you next time we record what the androids were called. Chia pets, got it. Chee, yeah. Cheese. And then he says that they're not, because it acts like you're very technologically advanced, and he's like, oh no, we're just the creations. It's our creators who who were great. And he talks about, uh, he tells them about the Pemalites. Uh, Marco says, you have to say one thing for Eric. The boy knew how to tell a story. Suddenly everything around him dissolves, and there's this hologram showing what happened. Uh, the Pemalites were this hyper-advanced race that looked a lot like dogs, but big and walked around on their hind legs. And they were Sorry. these happy, peace-loving aliens. I already feel like you might know where this is going, but I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> these happy, peace-loving aliens that uh, were so advanced. Pemalites. What? Nothing. Go on. A hundred thousand years before the Andalites invented fire, the Pemalites already had faster-than-light space travel. They'd been around the galaxy, they'd visited Earth when humans were just, like, these primates, and they, you know, had been everywhere, and they were so advanced that they no longer had war or any of the, the, the coarser emotions, anything, any concept of evil, uh, and they invented the androids, the chi, as, like, companions and playthings and toys and, you know... They loved it when they made an android that could tell a joke, and they made them, you know, not slaves, but, like, equals. Uh, and then the Howlers came. Just suddenly, they popped out of Z-Space. They didn't make any demands. They just came and started to annihilate everyone on the planet. And almost the entire race of Pemalites was wiped out. A few hundred Chi and a few hundred Pemalites left, escaping in a single ship. Just seconds after a new, just seconds before a new wave of Howler attacks, and Mark was like, "Why didn't you fight back? What like if they're this advanced? They if they could invent androids, they could invent weapons, 
and he said that that she were that she had no concept of like fighting they didn't they'd forgotten that pure evil could exist and they hardwired us their creations to be strictly non-violent so we couldn't do anything like all we could do was flee but the other thing the hallers had done was unleash germ warfare on the planet so even though they had escaped all the pemelites started dying oh and the chi didn't know what to do and they remembered a planet that was far, far away from the Pemelite homeworld that the Howlers probably wouldn't be able to get to, that they had been to once back back in the way, way back in the olden times. And it was Earth. Spoiler alert, they came to Earth. Yeah. Um, and they couldn't save the Pemelites, but they wanted to save some part of them. So they grafted their, their essence, their, you know, fun-loving niceness into wolves. And from that union, dogs. Cute. Yeah, that's where dogs came from. Animal fact. <laughs> um, to this day, most, most dogs carry within them the essence of the Pemelites. Not all, but most. Whenever you see a dog playing, chasing a stick, running around barking for the sheer joy of life, you see the remnants of the race of Pemelites. Also the androids. They're remnants, too. They're the last of their technology. Anyway, after he tells this story, some other, um, some other androids come up and they're like, what are you doing? Why have you shown the humans this, you fool? And he's like, these are the ones who are fighting the Yerks. These are the ones who are fighting the battle that we should be fighting. And they're like, no Chi has ever taken a life. And he's like, but we sat by and, and let the Pemelites be destroyed. And if the humans are destroyed, the dogs will also die like the the yurks have no interest in in keeping dogs alive and whatever but and marco and jake are like he wants to fight the yurks to save dogs like (laughs) yes that makes so much sense yeah Yeah. nothing else in this whole entire book series has made sense until now right yeah fight off alien invasion to save dogs dogs. that that is a rallying cry that i can get behind yeah because dogs need humans and without with all the humans controlled by yurks who's going to take care of the dogs yeah and then there will be no Pemelites left. There will be nothing left of the Pemelites, except the Chi, who have been around for millions of years. Eric helped build the pyramids, and he saw the first ever Hamlet. The first ever production of Hamlet. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Braggy? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Right? They just um, saw Atlantis Morset. They're not bragging about it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, Eric was at that concert, too, so I guess he wouldn't. Oh, man. He's going to brag about that later, too. <laughs> yeah, I saw Alanis Morissette live, little podling. And I'm here to remind you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he tells them that the Yerks have this plan. They're, they are part of this company called Matcom, and they're working on this master computer to infiltrate and rewrite write all the software and all the computers on works on, on Earth. And so they're going to, once it's ready, they'll unleash this, like, bomb, basically, and in a flash control all computers, which is bad. I'm not 100% sure how it furthers the Yerk's plan, but it's definitely a bad thing. Like, you don't want that. That's, that's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> but the way that they're doing this is they obtain this crystal from a Dayang trader, you are writing all these down, right? Chi, Pemelites, Howlers, Diang. Yeah, writing it all down. Yeah, all can, these deets. I can see both of you 
just not writing anything down. I can't I wait for the next recording. Typing. <laughs> um, yeah, you're doing it. Uh, anyway, it's a powerful, powerful supercomputer encased in a crystal. It's the Pemolite crystal. It's a Pemolite crystal. And Eric says if he gets this crystal, he can rewrite write his programming to, to remove the prohibition against nonviolence, and he'll be able to join the fight against the Yerks. Also, Chi are super strong. Um, sure, they're and, androids. Yeah. And the other Chi are like, no, you can't do this. No Chi has ever taken a life. You can't make us into murderers for, for this. And she's like, would you, would, you, would you do this to us? And Mark was like... Yes, ma'am, I would. I absolutely, if, my, if, they, if the choice is between my dad being forever enslaved or making it so that you guys can fight, I'm, I'm going to make that choice every time. Uh, and Cassie's like, we should talk about this some more. And so then they go back to the barn. Oh, they go back upstairs, and in the, the living room of the king household is a grizzly bear. A very angry grizzly bear, because they went out of thought speak range, and so Rachel couldn't hear Axe, and she thought they were all dead, because they were down there for a while. Uh, mm. Mm. But it's no problem, because Eric's dad has her in a full Nelson, and she's absolutely powerless against him. He's very strong. Damn. Uh, Eric, yeah. Eric does explain that uh, if she had been strong enough to kill him, her his dad would have had to let that happen because he he couldn't hurt her he could hold her back but not harm her Uh, so um maybe this comes up later and i can just wait for it um what what was eric doing like handing out flyers for the sharing then oh yeah i forgot that part okay eric and some other chi have infiltrated the yurks um he accepted the voluntary infestation of the yurk and he, his head, like, splits open, and they can see it just wrapped in wires, just a slug wrapped in wires in the front of his head. Mm-hmm. And he said, the, the Yerk didn't control me. I control it. I tapped into its memories. Not, and and it, it knows nothing. It hears nothing. It sees nothing. Nice. But now I can pass as a controller. And Cass is like, what do you do about Candrona race? And he's like, I generate my own and enough to feed it. And when I go to the Yerk pool, I make a hologram that looks like the Yerk dropping into the pool because they don't really talk much when they're in their, in their slug form, slug state. Uh, so, and then I make another one of it re-entering my head later. So they think I'm one of them, but I'm not. Damn. Yerk's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he also pulls Marco aside to tell him about his mom. But Marco was like, I already know she's visitor one. And he's like, oh, wow, you guys have learned a lot. Anyway. So then, another quick question. Mm-hmm. All of the androids just die at the end of this book, right? Or else, like, that's the end of the series, is, like, the androids let themselves be able to fight, and they just, like, take on all the Yerks at once and wipe them out completely. So, um, anyway, he tells them <laughs> that the Pemolite crystal is yeah. under heavy, heavy guard. Um, that it's, the, it's kept in a room with pressure-sensitive floors, ceilings, uh, and, and walls surrounded by tiny wires strung all through the room that if you touch them, they'll set off an alarm and in complete and total utter darkness. So that if, if even a, don't, don't guess, <laughs> even <laughs> okay. a photon of light enters the room, the alarms will go off. Okay. And that they have to get it. 
So the analysts go back home and they talk over their options. Cassie is pretty against this plan because she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to say no Chi had ever taken a life until we made them killers. Like, I don't, that's a, that's a burden that I don't want. And Axe is like, I would also feel bad, uh, causing another sentient species to, you know, make this huge change. Uh, and Tobias, and, and Rachel's like, it's the law of the jungle, kill or be killed. And Tobias is like, yeah, but wouldn't it be great if it wasn't? Like, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to do that and stuff? Yeah. So is there only option that, like, either all of them are able to kill or none of them can? Can they not just, like, give them the crystal yeah. and then they decide if they want to be able to kill or not? Probably. Probably. But you'll see what happens, um later okay i just wasn't sure if that was something that they discussed at all that like why don't we not make them all be killers and we just say like if you want to join this fight now you have the option to and if you don't want to drain it you can continue doing whatever you're doing yeah yeah playing with dogs i think playing yeah. with dogs i mean that is what they do yeah i think I mean, um, who wouldn't yeah i th- i think from the cheese perspective oh no that's that came out wrong from the perspective of the chi I should say, <laughs> if one of them kills, then the chi are killers, and that like that stain would be on them, even if like they said, "I don't kill," but mm-hmm. but they don't really discuss that. That's just sort of what I gleaned from the general attitude of the rest of them. Mm. Um, Lean away, my dude. Anyway, they decide that they're going to go for it. Marco explains that the Yerks want his dad because he's working for Matcom and he, he's going to do this no matter what. And so Cassie goes into the back of her barn and comes back and she says, absolute darkness, can't touch the walls, floor, floor or ceiling, and has to fly around thousands of tiny wires that you can't see. Meet the animal that can do all that. And she holds up. Jessica, you were guessing. Oh, no, I, I came up with a plan before you said the darkness part of it. Oh, sorry. What was your plan before the darkness part of it? Um, or the, the my plan before the, like, if even a photon of light comes in, was that Tobias, as a hawk, carries in the rest of them as spiders, and they, like, rappel down on their little spider <laughs> lines, and then, like, clasp it in, the, in a web, and then, like, rappel back up and fly out. Nice. No. Yeah. They do not do that. The animal <laughs> that can do all that is a bat! Oh, nice. I was watching Katie's face to see if it would light up, but she just That's nodded, very exciting. Like, oh, I just, yeah, I are bats silent flyers? I thought only owls were silent flyers. Uh, silence didn't come into it. It's oh, just okay. you can't touch or just... see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It was a bat. That makes sense. They went for bats. Yay, bats. Um, I love bats. Yay, bats. So Marco's excited because they're actually going to have time to practice the bat morph because uh, they're, they're planning to go for the Pemolite crystal next weekend. But then, like, the next day, Eric calls and was like, hey, man, you know that thing that we we're thinking about doing next weekend? What if we just did it tonight? And Marco's like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I'll, I'll call Jake and see if he wants to. And so they all meet up and Eric's like, okay, listen, so they're putting it, they're going to start putting in more security around the Pemolite crystal. Um... Oh, it only exported, like, the first 13 pages of my notes. Rude. You have more than 13 pages of notes? Well, of highlights. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's okay. I remember most of what happened after that. 
So he says they're, they're putting in more security and I, I don't know what it's going to be. And Tobias is like, well, we'll wait a few more weeks for you to figure it out. And he's like, it's already nearly impossible to get to this thing as it is. If we wait for them to install this new system, it might be out of our grasp for, forever. And also they're trying to, they're racing to finish this project to control all the computers in the world. So probably sooner would be better than later. And I'll tell you everything that I know about the building and how to get in and everything like that uh, if you're going to do this. And they vote and they decide they're going to do it. So Tobias carries them all. No, they all fly. Anyway, they all get up to the roof of the building. Uh, Eric is, is, says he'll be waiting right outside. Um, and he says that there's a little pipe in the northwest corner of the building. So they go there. Axe and Marco morph into spiders, and the others morph into cockroaches. And Axe and Marco start, like, stick their web and start rappelling down the pipe. Nice. Eh? And, uh... Nailed it with the spider rappelling. <laughs> yeah. And then they they get uh, a ways down before they realize their silk is running out. Um, they're running out of, of web. And Marco's like... Axe, do you know how far we've fallen? He's like, I don't. And Marco's like, you can keep perfect time and you know cardinal directions without without a problem, but you can't figure out how far we've fallen. Fine. And because it, it goes down four floors, uh, the mm-hmm. three floors of the building and through the basement. Uh, and he's like, Axe is like, we're small enough that I think if we dropped, we wouldn't be killed. And Marco's like, I guess there's only one way to find out. And so they drop and they hit and they live. Uh, and then... Jake's like, are you okay down there? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then the cockroaches come down, and Jake's like, if it if the fall didn't kill you, it won't kill us. Nothing kills a cockroach. And so they fought, they you know they climb down the rope, the silk rope, uh, and fall and hit. And then they start going through this maze of uh, vents that Eric had described to them, and uh, apparently it's part of the furnace system. And Cassie is like. Hang on, did anyone ever consider that perhaps the furnace might be on? And I was like, not until just this moment, nope. But hopefully they're really into energy conservation. And then they hear something behind them. And it's and Marco turns around and looks at it, and it's a rat. There's a rat chasing them. Big ol' hungry rat in the vents. And so they start scrambling and running, and they and uh, they fall another bit and Axe is like oh right Eric said we would have to go down once more (laughs) it's pretty funny Uh, and then they keep running and the rat is still chasing them and then they see this like weird grate covered with these little spires with little holes in the top of all of them and it smells really bad and way up ahead there's a light and Marco's like what is this and Jake's like you don't want to know just get across it as fast as you can he's like oh shit this is the furnace isn't it crap and so they start crawling across the furnace and then all of a sudden uh, or Jake Axe and Rachel make it, so only Cassie and Marco are still trying to get through, and the rat stops before the furnace very wisely, and then the furnace comes on! But they're far enough across that it just sort of fireball blows them the rest of the way across, and they don't die. Hmm. So, it's a Lucky. tense adventure. Anyway, then they get to the room where the thing is. They have to go through this sort of, like, maze of switchbacks that was designed to prevent light from getting through, uh, and then they get in, and apparently... The pressure-sensitive part only starts when you get two feet away from the wall. So they get down. I know, right? So, the, <laughs> oh, listeners, I was looking at Jessica's face when I said that. 
but it's the only way this plan could work. So they get down there and demorph and hug the wall, and then they morph into bats, and they echolocate and fly through the maze of wires and land on the table where the pemolite crystal is. Is and the it's table not there? Is the table pressure sensitive? No. Of it's course not. That's just nice. a table. Yeah. And all of them get through and they land and they're like, we did it. And then they all look at each other like, how are we going to carry this thing mm-hmm. back with us? And Rachel's like, well, what about our, our mouths? Like, I mean, we have to catch bugs and stuff. So our jaws are probably pretty strong. And Jake's like, oh, good point. I'll grab it. And he grabs it. And Cassie's like, but if you have that in your mouth, how are you going to echolocate? Anyway, long story short, they realize there's no way out without fighting their way out. So fighting their way out of they, from what? Sorry, I missed the part. They want probably they want to like set off the alarms and then people will come in and then they have to fight their. But way isn't out. it the chi that's gonna come in? So can't they no, just kind of no. like excuse me? No, no, no. The the yurks have this. Oh, the yurks. Yeah, have the yurks. I thought it was the chi. The, still. Okay, never Because if oh. it was just the chi that had it, they could have just been like, okay, go get just, your crystal then. Yeah, yeah, just like yoink. Also, I forgot to mention, Eric told them that there's uh, dozens of elite Hork-Bajir warriors in the building, as well as human controllers and, like, all this stuff. Uh, So they are like, we have to morph into our battle morphs and fight our way out. So Rachel morphs into a grizzly bear, and Jake is a tiger, and Marco's a gorilla, and Axe is Axe, and Cassie's a wolf. Uh, And Rachel's like, all right, here I go. Why not just, like hold little bat hands and then get out like flying together like why couldn't they guide him while he held it in his mouth or like why couldn't he help hold it in his little bat hands or any number Bats of other don't have hands hmm? they have wings they're little feet though they have little they're feet little bat feet right yeah most bats do i guess yeah. i don't know what kind of bats they are they are oh no i think that's in the part of my notes that are oh but they gotta have off. strong feet because they hang upside down they do hang upside down. Yeah. Uh, they don't consider that. They just figure they're fucked. Also, I don't know how they're supposed to get the Pemolite crystal back up the vent without, like, especially with the furnace on. And with Yeah, that's no a good silk. question. Because weren't they, like, insects and bugs to get? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are so, a like, series probably of- the bats wouldn't fit through the vents. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to go up? Like, what was their game plan? They didn't really have one. Okay. The Animorphs... Listen, this is something that we haven't discussed a lot on this show, but I'm just going to say it right here. The Animorphs are not great planners. <laughs> You're right. I don't think that's something that's ever come up before. No, nope, yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but they're not plans great always plans. go so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, they morph into their battle morphs. They use echolocation before they demorph to figure out where the door is, and they're like, okay, keep that direction in mind. And remember, we're not trying to fight... We're, we're just trying to get out. Like... Only fight as much as necessary to escape this building so we can get that crystal to Eric. Uh, So Rachel goes full grizzly. Marco grabs the crystal, which is only like the size of a grape. Uh, He grabs the crystal in his gorilla hands and And runs after her. Say what? And he breaks it. Yeah, he just crushes it. No. (laughs) He holds it gently in his giant gorilla fist. Um and they run out. Rachel smashes through the door. It was steel, and it was still in splinters, Marco said. See, I don't need my highlights to remember these great lines. 
Uh, and they go through hallway and room after room, and finally they end up in this sort of lobby area, and there's windows all around it, and they're like, we're only 100 feet away from freedom. But in that lobby area are 20 human controllers with automatic weapons, and, like, at least 12 hork no, two dozen, that's what, two dozen hork guards, which Marco says is, a, is, like, at least a dozen more than they could ever handle. Um... And there's a woman there who's like, ah, the Andalite bandits, surrender now and maybe we won't kill you. Uh, but if we have to, we will, because your corpses will be just as, you know, Visitor 3 will be just as happy to have your corpses. And uh, everyone raises and points their guns at them. Uh, and then Marco holds up the crystal, and she goes down, she's like, drop it. And he's like, mm-mm. And she's like, okay, lower your guns. And everyone's like, what? We, we have them. And she, and she says, what do you think a bullet would do if it hit that crystal? And the guy's like, the odds of that happening. And she's like, do you want to explain to Visitor 3 about the odds when that, when, when that happens? Because I'm not going to. Humans, drop your guns. Weapons on safety to the back. Hork-Bajir, forward. And now the Hork-Bajir come forward. And the Hork-Bajir, if you remember, are about seven feet tall, covered in blades. They got them coming off their forehead, off all of their joints. Uh, basically... A walking food processor. I think in safer for the crystal than the weapons. Yes, because they don't shoot bullets, and they have hands. Okay. I don't know. Uh, So they fight. Uh, Oh, also, Marco sees on the other side of the windows, looking panicked and helpless, is Eric. Mm. Like he can't do anything. He's just there, and they fight. Um. And it's horrible. Marco, you know, gets Eric a couple, can do but some one of them. Stuff. I'm sorry, that's crazy. Because Eric can like make it in, like insane holograms and shit. He could like hologram a distraction. He could like hologram like the hall exploding, so everybody has to like freak out for a second. He could do stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, I mean he could. I agree. Anyway, um, so. Uh, they start fighting. It's really gruesome. I really wish my descriptions had exported because I don't remember it all. I do know Marco gets kicked in the stomach pretty early by a hork and it tears open his stomach and he can see his guts. Jesus. Um, Damn. He, uh, he's fighting. There, he's getting gashes in his arms and, and legs and face. And, he's fi- and he realizes at one point that the fight has carried him very close to the window. But his brain is dying again. He, he basically dies twice in this book. Um, it's too many times. But he sees, yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he sees Eric on the other side of the window and he's holding the crystal and he punches through the glass and holds out the, and he feels strong hands pry his fingers open and take the crystal. And then he blacks out. And much later he hears someone, someone is slapping his face and telling him to demorph. And he demorphs, he wakes up and he's like, oh my God, I thought I was dead. And Jake's like, you were, he gave you an electric shock to restart your heart. Shit. Uh, Damn. And Axe is like, and he reattached my arm. He's got a little scar where his arm had been detached, had been cut off. Wait, Eric did that? Um, Eric did that. Nice. So uh, Mark goes like, where is he? And he hears sobbing. And he looks over and Eric is sobbing in the background. And he's like, what about all of the, the guards? And they're like, Eric took care of them. He's like, Ooh. all of them? And... 24 hork and, like, 20 humans and the, the woman who was in charge, and they're, like, all of them. It took about 10 seconds. It 
Like Rachel yeah. Rachel has tears in her eyes, and Marco says that's when he realized how hor- how horrific it must have been was Rachel's tears. Mm-hmm. And X says it's very gruesome because uh, he rewrote his programming and went in to save them. And yep. Marco goes to talk to Eric, and he's like, "You saved us in there. Like we we wouldn't have made it without you." And Eric's like, "How do you live with the memory of this?" And Marco's like, "I guess you know, I I just try to." keep living day by day and eventually the, the nightmares don't happen so much and eric's eric points at his head and he's like android can't forget oh. can't forget anything so he changes his programming back to be non-violent he says i can't be in this fight I, it's not something i can do and it's not something i can ask any of my people to do but i'll help you any other way that i can and he gives marco back the crystal and they all go home and go to bed, where they had snuck out to do this mission. Why didn't he want to keep then, the crystal? Uh, I think he just wanted to get rid of it. In the last last uh, chapter, they're on the Jake and Marco are on the beach playing with his dog, throwing a frisbee, and Marco pulls up the Pemolite crystal, and he's like, "I still have this. I don't know what to do with it. It's like the most powerful computer in the world." And the Yerks want it, and Eric won't talk about it when I ask him about it. And whatever, and then the dog comes up, and Marco shows the do- Homer like found two other dog friends, and he shows them the crystal, and Homer just like grabs it out of his hand, and then runs into the water, and then comes back without it, and they're like, "All right, well, maybe it'll wash up on shore again someday when we've become as peaceful as the Penalites." What the fuck? Okay. Also, uh, Eric gave them a phone number that he says is completely secure. And the Yerks can't tap it if they tried. Nice. And if they need him, they they can leave a message at that number. And if he has information for them, he'll leave a message at that number for them. Hmm. hmm. And that's how the story ends. The story of the android. Damn. Okay. So that's why the androids don't just, like, fuck up all the Yerks right away. Yup. Because of their emotions. It's too horrific. Because it's their emotions. Because of their emotions, which is why I tied it all into emotion, Jessica. (sighs) Yeah, what'd you think? I like this one. I like this one, too. I thought it was good. I like all the stuff about dogs. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bats. I'm getting a little bored of uh, fucking heist stories, but I guess that's where (laughs) we're at. Do you mean heist stories in... In general or in the Animorphs world? Um, in the Animorphs. But also. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of... I, I mean, the same, though, because as soon as they were like, oh, like, they're after this thing that we need, I'm like, yeah, of course they are. And instead of, like, any other plan, you're going to, like, go in and try to steal it, because that's what every book has been so right. far. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to try to break into some York stronghold for, like, one specific thing to, like, end one part of a plan and not do something like convince the androids to just, like end this fight right now because mm-hmm. they could it seems like it would be very easy mm-hmm. for the androids to like and like yeah it would, it would be super shitty and they would have to live with that but like that's what, certainly an option it, well like, they can't hey, need, they can't need more because the crystals in the ocean but it still seems right like, but i mean like yeah. that's what i mean is like their plan instead of like 
let's talk more with these androids or like even let's take this crystal and like let Eric explain to them exactly what the risk is and see if anyone is still down because if they are still down to do it, yes, it will be horrific for them. And also they will end this fight and make it so that no one else has to go through the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, it just seems like there's so many other ways that the Pemelites could be helping them because also the other the way she- to kill the Yurks. Pemelites are dead. Oh, no, the chi or whatever. The cheese. Yeah. Um, the cheese. Because isn't, like, they need, like, the fucking Candrona rays and shit. So, like, why can't the chi help them find the source of the Candrona rays and, like, destroy that? Like, that's kind of indirectly killing people, but, like, is that okay? So, a- that's a good question. So, do the do we see the chi in, like, any of the later books? Are yes. they, like, in every book from here on out? We see them in later books. But not every book from here on out. I don't think so. Because that's the thing is, like, at this point, Eric basically should be part of the Animorphs team. Or, like, one of the other Chi, if, like, Eric can't handle it, which would be understandable. Like, now he's super fucked up. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe if someone else wants to join the fight and not physically fight, but be, like, the inside Yerk. To just, like, all the time be like, here's the information that you need this time. Here's how we're going to make it work. I'm going to be on the inside, like, diverting the controllers while you all sneak in for whatever heist it is this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, it definitely seems like the Chi should, like, be there all the time from here on out. Because they it seems like the, they basically got it. Like, if the Animorphs and the Chi work together, then, like, they got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. seriously. From, from what I understand with this book... The majority of the Chi have been against, like, Eric's plan from the beginning of rewriting their programming to fight the Yerks. So mm-hmm. the main Chi that would be helping them is Eric, and he does assist them with things in later books. Well, but I mean, right. at this point, I'm not even talking about rewriting their programming. Like, I'm not saying no. that any of the Chi should join the fight. But, like, they all understand, though, that, like, they need to end the Yerk control on this world, right? I think they're more trying to stay out of any assistance in the war at all. Like, but Eric it wasn't, seems more like they just want to hang out underground and play with their dogs. But Eric wasn't the only one that was infiltrating the sharing, right? Wasn't there, like, also yeah. somebody else? There was another one named Jenny. And then also his dad is, like, around. Well, his dad is um, also an android, but not one from the sharing well but that's what i mean is like it doesn't have to just be eric it could be like any one of the chi who has a yerk and is like pretending to be a controller or a new chi who like wants to get into it Mm -hmm. could be like you're right i'll go to like eric will take me to the sharing and i'll get a yerk and then like i can join or whatever Mm -hmm. what what i'm saying is that like there are now options for like one of the chi should just like full-time be on the animorphs team like Mm -hmm. helping them out not just but like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. eric should be in charge now eric is clearly like the <laughs> smartest one he knows the most about what's going on and he's like he's the adult an adult yeah he should be in charge jake should just like hand him a scepter and be like it is you now <laughs> you make all of our yeah. decisions yeah also that <laughs> yeah nope <laughs> so like that's that's why i was asking like how much did she come back later because it definitely seems like this is like that's the way to end this fight oh, is sure. to like get whatever chi, like, any chi that have been yarked and be like, all right, now you're diverting the controllers from whatever our plans are, mm-hmm. and, like, we're going to get this working. Now, yes, um, I will say some... Uh, I don't want to spoil too much of this. Some parts, some future books do take place on other planets where chi do not live. Well, but I mean, like, for the fight on Earth, though, yeah. Yeah. like, 
the chi working with the Animorphs could get all the Yerks off Earth, yeah. even without violence. Yeah, probably. Or without violence yeah. from the chi. I'm just saying yeah, that this is now the time turner of the, the Animorphs books, where from now on, yeah. anytime anything goes bad, we're just going to be like, why are they not using the chi? Where are the chi right yeah, now? Like, if the chi were here, everything. this would be over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, basically. <laughs> but, I mean... This is, you know, you could call this a turning point in the books because there's only 34 more books until the series ends. No, <laughs> sorry, 44 more books until the series ends. So, like, this is really, I think, where it started, where they started that sort of finale uh, uh, grind. Okay. Just sort of setting it all up for the finale. Jessica, I'm loving your face. <laughs> <laughs> I just... So... So just, like, overall impressions, I will say, I feel like this is the book where the most actually happened. Mm -hmm. Like, more than one thing happened in this book, which I feel like is a record Mm -hmm. that, like, all this stuff is introduced. My problem, though, is that it seems very contained that, like, basically we are given this, like, incredible ex machina that, like, is also a machine. And it's just, like, not ever going to come back in a way that seems useful, it sounds like. Yeah. That, like, the really, like, I feel like I'm not going to get off this thing about how, like, if the Chi worked with the Animorphs. Yeah. Because, like, and I get what you're saying, that, like, the Chi aren't interested in this fight, but that also seems like a very, like, hand-wavy thing to be like, well, like, now I have this way to end the fight, but I don't want the series to be over yet, so, like, they're not interested in the fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? I will say the Chi do come into play in a pretty big way towards the end of the series. I'm um, just going to say right now that whatever happens with the chi from here on out is not going to be enough for me. Fair enough. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to put that out there right now because I know it's true. Like, yeah. no matter what happens, even if, like, the chi are the ones that, like, they change their mind and reprogram themselves and murder every fucking yerk in the universe, I'm still going to be like, this could have been over years yeah. ago. <laughs> That's fair. Unless... Like, it could have just not even happened to start with. Unless the next book right at the top is like, anyway, so between books, Eric became our leader. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the next book is from Jake's perspective. So if that happens, you'll know, I guess. This is just him being insecure about how he should no longer be the leader. Probably. Because it should definitely be Eric. No, you know, the next book, the cover, I... I don't think I remember how they... I think they go to Brazil? That can't be right. Um, they end up somewhere different hmm. in a jungle at some point. Well... Uh, but we're getting we're getting out of the books that I know very well and into the books that I only know sort of well. Mm. So... Mm. I think you're covering your mouth from your mic, maybe. Good. <laughs> oh, um, I, I just noticed that your audio was a little odd right then. Well, it, that was because I was trying to convey to the listener how confused I am not having an encyclopedic knowledge of the next book already. Mm, fair enough. Um, so, uh, speaking of South of the Equator... Uh, Hold on, wait. I feel like we're not done talking about the oh, cheese. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt your thing. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. Oh, it's going to be um, such a good transition. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring it back. We'll bring it back. So, yes... Uh, I will say just my last word on this whole the chi could solve every problem thing. Oh, no. First, uh, the the format of these books is stupid or my name is X. Here's what's going on. Stupid thing. Small mission. Big mission. 
all the small mission is usually a spy mission. The big mission is usually a fight. Uh, that's it's a it's a young adult series of books that are less than a hundred pages long. I don't right. Like I get that there's always going to be that format, and yeah. that's fine. It's just that like now to me that format should always be like. You know, here's my name, here's it. who I am, here's the small mission, and then we just give that information to the Chi mm. and they fix it for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, the small mission is them, like, meeting up with the Chi to get the information they need to then, like, rock the big mission because the Chi helped them with it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I will say it, with regards to the Chi being able to end the series now is we wouldn't be able to keep making these great podcasts <laughs> if it was over. Uh, no, because the rest of the books would just be about the Chi and the Animorphs playing with dogs together. That's true. Yeah, and I would be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely so, would have read all those as a kid still. <laughs> I would have. Um, anyway, but yeah, I'm pretty sure in the next one they go to Brazil or something like that. Um, okay. Or, yeah. Oh, s- speaking of south of the equator. <laughs> Sorry, let's try again. Uh-huh. Speaking of south of the equator, uh, have I told you guys uh-huh. about my new underwear service? <laughs> oh my god. Can we go one episode without you talking about your underwear, Katie? Oh, I'm I'm interested. <laughs> Underwear, yes, go uh, on. So anyway, there's this group called the Sharing. <laughs> Interesting. Um, what does the Sharing do? They uh, help you find underwear that you like. <laughs> Sorry, can't can't get through this one. I feel like this one has already gotten away from us. <laughs> it's new underwear. <laughs> it's not shared. By anyone. <laughs> it's good to know. Uh, <laughs> so, just because the company is called the sharing, I get, I get really, really frustrated, and I know, like, it sounds like I'm angry, and it sounds like I'm like, you know, really getting up on, really getting caught up on like the details on something. And when that happens, all I really need is like a support group, and I just need to like let all these thoughts out. And when that happens, I always know that I can go to the sharing. You need more supportive underwear. underwear. <laughs> For underwear. <laughs> so I thought that would help you get a control on, on your underwear talk. Uh, no, Put I that think part this, out. Is, this was a great ad line, right? I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Um, no, you nailed it. The sharing. It's a great place for uh, sport and underwear. And a great place for your genitals. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and you can find out more about the sharing uh, at jointhesharing.org. Back yep. to you, Robin. They also have, like, fun water skiing weekends up at the lake. Oh, cool. For your underwear. For your underwear. <laughs> for you and your dad. Sorry, did you want to try that again without my support group interruption? <laughs> no, I like all of it. Yeah, let's leave it in. I think everything. So anyway, this has been another great episode of Anamorphous Discussion, a podcast. <laughs> what a great tagline. It's just going to be part of the title now for forevermore. For humans I like introduced us. the words the podcast, and now that's going to solve all of our problems. <laughs> uh, if you like us, if, if you think that we're funny or have great points about the problems that androids could solve... Uh, <laughs> Like us on, you know, rate us on iTunes. I don't do this part normally. Uh, give us five stars, like and review, and tell your friends about us so that they can 
follow us too. Um, Animorphous Discussion now has its own thread, like or its own feed. What's it called? Feed. feed. Its own feed. I'm doing great at this outro. Uh, we have our own feed. All of the BTA uh, podcasts have their own feeds now, so you can subscribe to just the ones that you like. I recommend all of them. But you know, if you just want to subscribe to Animorphous Discussion, I won't stop you. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on social media at BTA Podcast most places or at Bitch Team Alpha somewhere, anywhere. Just try I, them both. I always just say both. Yeah. Yeah. Usually both. And uh, you can also find all of our social media links at bitchteamalpha.com. Yeah. What Jessica said. And if you want to share your sharing story, tweet it at us with the hashtag for humans like us. And if we read it and like it, it might, maybe it's about underwear. I don't know. We'll might share it on the show. <laughs> share. Because it's a sharing story mm. for humans uh, like us. For humans like what, us. What kind of animal anyway. would you put on your underwear? Animal facts about underwear. Ocelot. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Always ocelot. <laughs> It's got tufty ears. Cute. That's neither here nor there. So yeah, did you two have anything you wanted to add before? <laughs> Jessica, anything about androids? No, I feel fine about androids. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> All right. Bitch team out. Bitch team out. Bitch team out. <laughs>